Today's going to be fun because as I talk about just next things for our church, what I want to let you know is that Scripture also calls the church a body. And what's good for the body, the body's made up of many members. What's good for the body is good for the individual. And so as we talk about things in our church life, just know that there's going to be things that apply to your personal life as well. And there's really three things that I want to do in this message. Uh, I want to, first of all, encourage you. I don't know what you came in here with, what you're watching uh, with online, sitting at home, but I know there may be many of you who are struggling, many of you who are dealing with, with various things just of the season, and I want to let you know that that's the power of God's word, that God will meet you right where you're at, and he will strengthen you, he will help you, he will encourage you, and he, he will help you move forward. And so I want to encourage you today, but I also want to prepare you because our church has a huge tradition where at the end of every year, we bring our best offering in a spirit of gratitude and expectation to God, gratitude for all that God has done, but expectation for what we believe that God will do. And that is definitely the case in this season. We're about to bring and give our most significant offering, really, in the life of our church on November 22nd, and I'll explain why in our sermon today. But I also want to just share some of the things that God has for us next and that I believe God wants to do in the life of our church next. And the reason I say believe is because, on one hand, I mean, I don't really know for certain, but on the other hand, it's really dependent on the part that you play. And that might seem strange to you if uh, you grew up thinking, well, isn't just God, God, and God is sovereign, and he's supreme in authority, and he can do whatever he wants to do. And yes, that's true. God is God. He is sovereign. He is supreme in authority, and he doesn't need your help or my help to accomplish his will, but he does choose to use us. And just like God has already done everything he is going to do about salvation through his son, Jesus, when he died on the cross, your salvation is settled. There's not anything more you have to do. Just like that is established at the cross, the truth is you do still have to choose to receive it. You have to accept it. You have to believe it. And so what I'm trying to help you understand is that this is the kingdom way. There's God's part and there's our part. There's what God has done and will do, and then there's the part that you and I play in the process. And it's just like Jesus said, as we've been studying this message of the kingdom, Jesus said, the kingdom has come. Heaven is here. Yet, we're supposed to pray that it would come, and we actively bring God's kingdom into our world when we live out the principles established in God's word. So I, I want to help you with these things today, and to do that, I want us to look at a scripture together found in Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bibles with you and you want to follow along, you can turn there. And if not, you can download the YouVersion Bible app. That's what I use lots of times to read the Bible. You can put it on your phone or tablet. Or we'll put the words on the screen for you. But in Mark chapter 4, I want to start in verse 30. Jesus is giving a parable and he says this. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth, yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds can perch in its shade. Let me read that one more time, just because it's a short parable. I want to make sure you get your money's worth out of this sermon today. Get all the Bible you can handle. 
Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? What parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. In other words, it seems insignificant on the surface. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. I want to use this passage to talk to you today from this subject, a picture of potential. That's the title of my message if you're taking notes, a picture of potential. And I want to pray for God's help as we get into the preaching of his word. I know I need God's help. I believe you might too. Would you bow your head and pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. God, I'm praying that you breathe on this word today. Use me. Let your word be like seed sown in people's hearts today. Let it take root and produce fruit in their lives. Let it be multiplied many times over. God, I believe you'll do it. And everybody who agrees with that can say, in Jesus' name, amen. Whenever I'm preparing my sermon, I, uh, I always like to kind of give a sermon summary to my kids. I hope you know, like, I don't just get up here and wing this. Like, you know, I, I put some work into this, make sure that, you, that, that you're uh, going to get something out of it, and really try hard to, to bring God's word to you in a way that makes it easy and accessible for you to understand. And so I, I like to give a sermon summary to my kids because I feel like, you know, if I can get them to understand it, well, then hopefully uh, you'll be able to get something out of it too. And uh, I, I'm not disparaging you in that. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to measure the potential of a sermon. I mean, how do you measure the potential of a sermon? Do you measure it in the moment? You know, do, do you measure by uh, how many people clap or say amen? Uh, do, do you measure by, by how many people laugh at the jokes? Do you measure by how many people are, are taking notes? Or, you know, how, how, how do you measure it? You know, sometimes the deepest things that God will do in your life aren't necessarily when you're responding by being loud, but when you're being silent, he will do something in your heart. It's, it's hard to measure the impact of a sermon. So I try to summarize it to my kids to see if they understand it. And what I like to do when I'm telling them about my sermon, I always like to give them my title because I want to know how they're going to react. You know, like I'll work hard on these titles and try and make it tie into the message in some way. And so I was telling them about my sermon yesterday and I was telling Grant and I said, Grant, this is, this is what I'm going to call my sermon. I'm calling it a picture of potential. And he was like, I can draw you a picture. I was like, that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm like, do you see how it goes, like the whole sermon ties together? He's like, oh, I'll draw you a picture. And then he said, if I draw you a picture, will you use it in your sermon? And uh, so I, I figured, why not? So he drew a picture for me. And uh, this was his picture. I think I'll put it on the screen. And I, I was noticing, I was looking at this. He even had like had the little birds on there. There's birds nesting in his branches. So he was paying attention, which is great. And when I woke him up for church this morning, he said, Dad, make sure you tell them that if they want to be the big tree, they need to have Jesus. Because Jesus is the only thing that will make you grow. So I think, that, I think that kid's got potential. But then Oliver didn't want to be left out. So Oliver also drew a picture. And uh, in Oliver's picture, uh, he, I noticed he put credit to Oliver. He wanted to make sure that he got that. And it, he said this was inspired by Pippa because I think she wanted flowers. So um, that's, uh, that's Oliver's picture. He's always trying to get into my sermon in some way. Uh, but, you know, as a parent, like, you're always trying to encourage the potential of your children. And you always see the potential in your children because sometimes it's not just the potential of good things. Like, you might see your good qualities in them. 
and, and you see that potential. But sometimes uh, you see your negative qualities too, and you see the potential for that. But you always try to encourage their potential. But that's what I liked about this parable that Jesus tells, because this parable is really a picture of potential. Really, that's what a parable is. A parable is a picture. Jesus, when he would preach, he, he would use these stories to paint a picture of the truth that he was trying to illustrate. That's why I love Bible stories so much. Not, when I say Bible stories, I don't mean the fact they're stories. These are historical events that actually happened. But, but I like these narratives because for me, it's, it's so much easier to see a truth sometimes in a story than it is to read the dictionary definition. I know, is anybody else like me? Do you like stories or do you just like somebody to hand you a textbook and say, figure it out, right? I, I, I like the stories. And Jesus, what you see in his ministry is he taught in parables. He would tell these stories. He would paint these pictures to help people understand this message of the kingdom. And Mark chapter 4 is really interesting because Mark, who was the gospel writer, he gives us three different parables in Mark chapter 4 that are really, really fascinating. He, you can read it on your own. I encourage you to check it out for yourself today. It's a short chapter. You can read it. He starts out Mark chapter 4 by talking about this parable called the parable of the sower, sometimes called the, the sower and the seed. And, and even though it's called the parable of the sower and the seed, it's really the parable of the soil. Because what Jesus is talking about in this parable is the condition of our hearts. How the seed is God's word, and God's word is always going forth. God is always speaking. Sometimes we're asking God to speak to us, but the point of the parable is God is always speaking, but the condition of our hearts is not such that we can receive what God is saying. And so Jesus points out the problem in this first parable. And then Mark gives us another parable. He gives us this parable, and Jesus uses as an illustration again a sower or a farmer and a seed. And where in the first one he points out the problem, in the second one he demonstrates the process. He says, this is the way growth happens in your life. It happens little by little. It happens day by day. Seems so insignificant sometimes you don't even notice it at first. While you're going to work, while you're laying down, going to sleep, all the while God's purpose, his kingdom purpose, his word is working in your life. It's growing. It's producing. But you don't notice it because it happens little by little. So he gives us the problem. He gives us the process. But in this third parable, he illustrates potential. And it's fascinating to me because in one chapter, you get three parables. And they're all about seeds. Now what you got to understand is Mark is not recording these stories in the order that they happened. He's basically curating these events to try to paint a picture of the purpose of Jesus' ministry. He's trying to help us see something about seeds. Seeds. It's fascinating to me because you think about a seed, you can never know the potential of a seed just by looking at it. You don't really know what it's capable of. I mean, you can read about the seed, you can study about the seed, you can look at its history, but you don't know the power, the potential of that seed until you plant it. And the reason that this is important, 
is because in your life and in my life, there is potential that has not been planted. You know, lots of times we can get frustrated with the stuff that's missing in our life. We take inventory of our life and we see what's not there. See what we wish <laughs> that was there that, that isn't. We know all of our deficiencies and shortcomings. And we think that something's wrong with us, but I want to encourage you today. I want to help you see that the things that you think you're missing, you're not missing, they are already there. They are just there in seed form. They just need to be planted. There are seeds in this room today. There are gifts. There are abilities. There are talents. There are dreams. There are ideas. There are businesses. There are ambitions. There are resources. There are skills that God has put in you, but they are just in seed form, but they won't be perceived unless they are planted. They, they won't be known unless they are sown. My rhyming is on point today. Yeah. You got to sow it before you can see it. I like how the psalmist said it in Psalm 92. He says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those are the ones that will flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. But it's got to be planted. It's got to be planted. This is Vision Sunday. You know, I'm, I want to tell you about things that are happening this next season, next year. One of the things I'm excited about is something we're going to be launching in January called Essentials. Our team is going to go through it right now. But what I like about Essentials, it, it's something you, you'll find out a little bit more about it in January. But what I like about it is how it activates what God has put inside of you. Because you really can't discover your purpose. You really can't know your potential simply by taking a test. You know, I, I love Enneagram. I love all that stuff. Strength finders. All of that's great. But you can't know what you're capable of simply because, you know, you answered a few questions. If you really want to know what's in you, you have to release it. You have to plant it to activate it. The only way to realize what God has put in you is to release it. That's what sowing is. Sowing, it's an old English word for planting. It's not sowing like needle and thread. It's S-O-W, sowing. Literally means to scatter seed. So in Bible times, it was an agricultural society. It would have been a really clear picture for Jesus' hearers. Every, the industry, the economy, the way things worked were through planting seed. So there would be a farmer or a person, and he'd have some land, and he'd have a pouch, and he'd have some seed in it. And the way he would plant it, he would scatter it, reach in the pouch and scatter it over all his land. What I like about sowing, though, it, it literally means it's to put seed in its place, is that when you sow seed, you don't have to be precise. You don't have to do it with perfection. You just have to release it with intention. You just have to say, I'm, I'm going to plant this here. I'm going to release what's in my hand, believing that when I plant it, its purpose will come forth. And see, a lot of us will never realize the value of what we have holding on to it. we got to release it 
to realize what it could be. Seed can never grow when it's in your hand. You, you'll never know what your seed can be until you plant it. You'll never know what your encouragement can be until you plant it. You'll never know what your purpose can be until it is planted somewhere. You'll never know what your life can be until you plant it in a place. It's got to be planted. And I feel a burden to preach this message because as I've talked to people over this season, it just seems like so many people feel like their potential has been squashed. Like, like what they could be or what they could have done has been covered up. Like they've been buried under the weight of the season. Has anybody felt buried recently? B buried with demands. Buried with issues. Buried with responsibilities. Buried with trouble. I, I want to suggest to you that, that maybe you haven't been buried. Maybe you've been planted. Because, because you, you see the thing with the demands, issues, responsibilities, and trouble is I snuck this in there, but that spells dirt. And dirt doesn't cover potential. Dirt releases potential. Dirt brings out what was put into the ground. I just want to remind you this verse that we read. Jesus said, when planted, it grows. When planted, it grows. When planted, it grows. You might feel like you have been buried by everything that's happened in 2020. You might feel like, like plans have failed, people have left, problems have arisen, trouble has come. But I want to tell you, God specializes in turning pain into potential. That's why I'm so excited about this season. When we're talking about our Kingdom Way offering, because if you feel like 2020 or this year has not gone the way you've expected. Let me tell you, this is fertile soil to sow a seed. This is great condition to plant God's purpose in your life. And that's what we're going to do in a couple weeks with our Kingdom Way offering, November 22nd. We're going to bring a big offering. We do this every year to expand the mission of this church, the ministry of Jesus, God's kingdom on the earth. But Please understand, we're not giving just to a building. We're not giving just to a missions effort or an outreach effort. No, what we are doing is planting purpose in the ground. We are sowing a seed in God's kingdom. We're planting something in the fertile soil of our faith, knowing that what goes into the ground is going to come back many times over. I'm not just talking like in a financial way for you. God is a rewarder, yes, but I'm talking about something so much bigger than that. I'm talking about planting something in the ground, knowing that your children's children are going to be saved. I'm talking about planting something in the ground where Jesus is more famous in our city than basketball. I'm not down on basketball. I love it. Go KU. I'm all for that. I'm just saying I'm talking about something so much bigger than you can imagine. I'm talking about planting something in the ground where divorce rates and injustice goes down to zero because a kingdom culture has permeated people's hearts. That's what we're doing. That's what we get to do. And that's why I want to show you a picture of what's possible. That's why this is Vision Sunday, because we've always had big vision at this church. 
ever since we've started, we've always had a big vision. Marissa and I didn't move here just to start a church. I mean, in some ways, yes, but we really moved here to ignite a move of God. That's why we called this thing Velocity. We wanted to see God move in our city and in our midst and in people's hearts and in people's lives and, and see what God could do. We, d- we didn't know how long the process would take. We just knew that there was power in a seed. And we knew if we would be faithful to the process, God would be faithful to his promise. We didn't know if we'd be in a building in two years or 20. Didn't know how long it would take us to reach five people or 5,000. But we didn't know all the things that would happen along the way. But we knew that if we sow a seed, if we plant it in the ground, that when planted, it grows. Now we're getting ready to step into this next season. And what I'm trying to help you understand is that this isn't the harvest. This is just the seed. Like the, I'm going to talk about our building and show you some pictures in a minute, but the building's not the goal. The building is the seed. That's what we're planting in the ground. The harvest are the souls that are going to come into the kingdom of God once we plant it. Everything we've done, it's just, it, it's been seed for this season. And so I want to show you some pictures. Our visioneering team has seen some of this, but I want to show it to you. And that's why it's cool to be part of the visioneering team because you, you get on the inside track. But it's a picture of potential. And I mean that literally because what I'm going to show you is it's a concept. It's conceptual. It's not finalized. We'll actually be uh, finalizing our design and stuff over this month and next month. But um, if you don't know, I think everybody knows, but maybe you're new online. It's your first time here. Uh, our church is, we're under contract for buying the former High V building on 6th Street. And so I want to show you first some of the plans that, uh, that, we're sh- that we're looking at here. It's a huge building, 67,000 square feet. This is a big, big facility. And we're making plans to use the whole thing, but initially we won't build out the whole thing. In fact, even what you see built out there is about 45,000 square feet. So some of, it's kind of hard to see on this screen, but you see it kind of hashed out. Um, there's some stuff that is, uh, you can go back there for a minute, just go back to that screen. Uh, some of it's hashed out, so there's about 30,000 square feet that's not hashed out. So there's opportunity to expand it with kids' space and auditorium, office space down the road. And, and uh, you know, my wife said that if we're going to be building a church in the birthplace of basketball, then we need to put a basketball court uh, in the kids' space. But here's what I like about this space. I just want to point this out to you. I mean, look how big the kids' space is uh, just in, in proportion to the rest of the building. Isn't it awesome to be a part of a church that believes in the next generation? and is prioritizing the next generation. It's going to be some great things, and, and I can't wait to tell you more about it. There's a couple renders that, that they can put on the screen and, and show you. But this is roughly, this is roughly a $4.5 million project. It's a big project. I mean, to me, I, I don't know about you, to me, $4.5 million is, is a lot of money. But the good news is, the good news is, is that because of what people have already given, your generosity, the stewardship by the leadership of the church, We've been able, we already have enough money to purchase the building. So that's like not a if it's going to happen. Like that's going to happen. We've got that. However, to renovate the building, we believe it's going to cost at least a million dollars to renovate it. And of course, it could cost way more than that, but we're confident we can get in there for a million dollars. And 
in this Kingdom Way offering, we're not planning to try and get the whole million in this Kingdom Way. Although, if God puts it on your heart, be it unto you according to your faith. So, well, you know, it, it can happen. I'm not saying God can't do that. We can do it. We can, we can get it all done this year. That's awesome. But what we are doing and what we're trusting God with is to bring in and give 600000 this year. That's a big number. $600,000 is a big number. Cool thing is we have a team of generous people that has already been giving. Even before the offering, they've already been giving. And they have already given $200,000. So don't you love it when you're already part of the way there? That's like when you... Like, you know, when you go to the coffee shop and they, like, punch your card, if anybody still does that, like, three times and you just got one drink. It's like, man, you're, you're already part of the way there. So uh, we're already part of the way there, but I, I'm praying. I'm asking you to pray with me and believe God with me for the rest, the 400000 That's our goal this year. So we can begin work on the renovations of this facility. And that might seem like a big number to you. It is a big number. No question about it. It is a big number. But it's not an impossible number. And especially if you've been along this journey with us, we've just seen God do things only he can do. And I believe he's going to continue to do that. And as much as I'm excited for you to see what God does through this offering, not just the money that comes in, but really what God does in your life when you plant your seed, how God is going to do things in your kids' lives. He's going to do things in your marriage. He's going to do things in your family's life. He's going to bring restoration. He's going to do things in your business do things in your future, in your career, you're going to see God move. It is just impossible to release something and put it in God's hands and put it in God's kingdom and put it in God's purpose and not see him multiply it back to you many times over. Not, not just in the form of uh, tangible financial blessing. Yeah, he'll do that. But he'll do things that you couldn't even imagine, that you couldn't even fathom. That's God's promise, is that he'll do above and beyond what you can ask or think. And so... We want to do that, but even in this process, I'm encouraged to tell you, we've prioritized doing things locally. We've got our financing to purchase the building. We went with a local lender for that. Our architect that we hired who's been working with us on this we, is a local architect. Our contractors and, and builders that we're going to have are all going to be local. We're prioritizing that because why? We're here to serve our city. Man, this is just one way that we can serve the mission field that God has called us to. And speaking of serving our city, I want to tell you some of the other things that we're going to do. Because when we talk about a seed, you know, something cool that has started with a seed this year was Serve 785. It's this new organization that we started. And it, it literally started with an idea, a dream. Honestly, we weren't even planning on launching it this year. We, we thought it was going to be part of our 2021 initiative. But when the pandemic hit... And we knew that there was going to be a need. Well, let me just tell you, when there is a need, it is a great time to sow a seed. When, when there is a need, it is a great time to plant something in the ground. So we, we planted this organization in the ground. And not even all the stuff that we've done in our church. I just want to talk about this organization locally for a minute. Uh, since it started, I don't know the exact number, but I know over 25 families we've helped with direct relief needs. Meaning, like, they needed their car repaired. Meaning that they needed rent assistance, meaning that they needed medical assistance, whether it's doctor's bills or getting medication or transportation help. We've helped over 25 families with what we call compassion funds. When we first started, we were one of the first organizations, Serve 785 I'm talking about, to give away masks. We've given away 
2,500 mass. One of the first ones to do that. All because of just planting a seed in the ground. We, we started working with and continuing to work with local internet companies to help over 100 families have internet during this season. During a, a season where homelessness has been a community-wide discussion, we've not only come alongside local agencies and partnering with them and what they need, but we've uh, been giving away tents, sleeping bags, hygiene kits, and basic items that people need as, as they seek to get into permanent housing. And there's way more stuff than that. Like, you can clap for that. I asked, asked Rachel, our outreach director, to give me a list of different stuff we've done. I'm not even going to read to you the whole list because it would take up my entire sermon to do that. But way more stuff than this. I mean, there's all the things we did on survey. There's things that we're planning to do this year yet that we haven't done. There's the uh, blessed boxes that we've put throughout the city that is community resource that, that helps people in need. There's over 500 non-perishable food items that we were able to give out and span in two weeks. There's so many things that we've done. Why am I telling you all that? That's stuff that we've done. This is Vision Sunday about what we're doing. I, I want to, in 2021, I want to triple everything that we've done. I want our church to triple everything that we've done. That, that we'd help three times as many families as we've helped. That we would do three times as many outreach. And we don't know what all the needs are going to be. But we want to be in a position where we can respond to it with, with three times the help. And what's cool in, in sharing all that with you, everything we've done has just been through volunteer effort. Meaning like we don't have a, a full-time staff person running this organization or anything like that. Uh, our church has pitched in and helped. So in this offering, this $600,000 that we want to raise, well, a portion of that we want to go to this organization, this agency, and, and what's our heart to do is to just underwrite the operating costs, staffing and administrative costs, so that as this organization exists within our community, 100% of the donations that come in can go directly to help people. Isn't that awesome? That an organization that when you give to it, that it's a place that you trust, you know it's going to be well served, that 100% of what you give goes to help somebody in need. And that's not even talking about like churches we've helped launch. We've helped launch churches in this season. 57 churches this year we've partnered with to help launch. 32 in this have launched this fall, in this pandemic. Some of them launched online. Uh, some of them launched in person. Of the ones that met in person, total, they had an attendance of 1,600 people. And of the, not all 32 met in person, but of the ones that did, 32 people accepted Christ on launch day. Just launch day alone. And then all the things that we're continuing to do abroad, we want, don't just want to, those are churches we planted here in America, but we want to plant churches across the world. I want to plant two churches in the Middle East in 2021. We, we're doing stuff in the Dominican Republic. Of course, we're planning on building the facility there still, but even during this pandemic, we've continued to serve kids, serve families, serve communities, just like our church has been active in our community. Our care point in church there has been incredibly active. And, and while our, our building plans there have definitely been impeded by the pandemic, and as you can imagine, being a developing nation, things have just been a lot harder to move forward. Now we're looking at what we can do in the season to improve the existing structure that we have while we're not housing kids in the typical way that we are during the day. So there's a lot of things that are happening that we're going to do with this offering. 
And I'm sharing all that with you just so you can see today a little bit of the picture of potential. That's what can happen. That's what we can do. But you'll never know potential just by looking at it. You have to plant it to see it. It has to be released to be realized. Let me read this scripture one more time. Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? What parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows. It becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. It takes a lot of faith to see a tree in a seed. But if you plant it, it will grow. A seed looks insignificant. In fact, when you put it in the ground, not only does it look insignificant, it becomes invisible. You don't see what's happening. A lot of us don't see what God is doing in this season. But when planted, it grows. And it will become, it'll go from insignificant to invisible to something incredible. But you'll never see it if you're holding on to it. I think there's some seeds in this church, seeds of potential that God wants you to release. I wonder what you've been trying to control. I wonder what you've been trying to hold on to. I wonder what you've been trying to make happen, what you've been trying to manipulate. That God is saying, if you just release that, if you will plant it, in the soil of my purpose, you will see it grow. Maybe you've been trying to control things financially. Maybe you've been trying to control a relationship. Maybe you've been trying to control your future. I, I don't know what it is, but it can't grow with you holding on to it. You got to put it in the ground. That's why my heart breaks for people who, who aren't generous. Because you're holding on to what you got, but you are strangling your seed. It's never going to grow in your hand. You got to let it go so it can grow. And I have one more thought on this passage because the seed has to be released, but it also has to remain has to be released from your hand, but it has to remain in the ground. And I wanted to close by just encouraging you to remain. Remain faithful in those things that God has called you to do. Remain faithful in your giving. Remain faithful in your gathering, whether online or here in person. Remain faithful in inviting people to church. This is actually a great time to invite people People are, need this. People are ready. Remain faithful in your serving. Remain faithful in prayer. Remain faithful in honoring God. Remain in faith. You're not going to see it grow if you keep trying to uproot things all the time. Stay planted. 